Why? I just listened to this song too. It's a great movie. All right, it's Tommy, a great you're movie. the oldest. I'm counting on you. Come on. She's got eyes of the bluest. Yeah, Tommy. Why? This is just going on. Listen. Buddy. All right, all right, Alice, let's go. <laughs> flat. So flat. 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 It's so flat. I can't even, I don't even know. You don't even look good while you're singing. The worst thing I've ever heard. This is $1,200 a week for voice lessons, and this is what I get? Okay, I'm going to save it with the solo. Bow, bow, I'm dead. I can sing like this. This is just Mitch's shower thoughts right here. Yeah. <laughs> Without missing a beat. (laughs) It's so weird seeing Adam Scott like do that role. Because I well, because I just heard from Parks and Rec where he's just kind of like the straight man. Like super like the straight man, laid back nerd. I saw that movie and I was like, this is a good intro. It's so long. It was very long. Hello and welcome to Entertain This, a podcast about movies, TV shows, video games, and weird acapella songs. From that Mitch movies. decides to burden you with. You know, like, I, I saw the ratings for Step Brothers recently and it's like a 37%. What? I know. I was like, who? It must be like the uh, the critic score. Yeah, there's like the like comedy <laughs> movies have like the critic score. It's like the rubbish like this dumb body rubbish. humor fart jokes and toilet humor and then like the audience score it's like you know 99 out of 100 she's <laughs> yeah. like give greatest the, movie ever give the people what they want uh all right before we kick off this episode we have social media merch well, well you can go to entertain this podcast.com which also takes you to our facebook group and page you also go to our twitter slash x which is at this entertain our instagram which is entertain dot this and we have our YouTube and our TikTok, entertain this exclamation point. Well done, Mitch. You've been practicing. Nope. No. He's reading it off the computer. <laughs> that would have been a good idea. He just moved, <laughs> he just moved his mouth and has a pre-recording somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so I guess we're going to talk about this here show. I made us all watch. Yeah. yeah. That first? False pretenses. So this is how I pitched the show. Hey, you guys, you got to watch this. It's about Nazis looking for mystical artifacts and they're like all right and then i made him watch uh all the light you cannot see <laughs> it was it i was, felt tricked I, I, <laughs> I did i felt bamboozled i felt like hayden lied to me i didn't lie i just didn't explain all of it i'll, I'll give you the uh no you didn't put like uh deranged nazi hunts uh artifacts for two of four episodes i'll, I'll give you the uh the wikipedia description the four-part series follows the stories of a blind French girl named Marie Larue and a German soldier named Werner, whose paths crossed and occupied France during World War II. I mean, there was a mystical gym in there <laughs> at some point. It was kind of funny. It wasn't you, actually mystical. <laughs> it might have been cursed. <laughs> so, uh, but I it love belongs to the museum. I love miniseries. I think that they're a completely underdone medium for TV. I wish that there was more stuff like that. Just knowing that there's a impending end to a show, it's like you can you can enjoy it in more than one sitting, and you know you're not going to have to like wait for years for it to be over. So sure. I love that. And um, Sean Levy, the director of the show and producer, he's the guy who did a lot of stuff with, believe it or not, Ryan Reynolds. Um he uh, he did the Adam Project. Um, what else did he do? Let me pull up more of his. He story. did a lot of stuff with Ryan Reynolds. That one movie, Night in the Museum. He did. Uh, he produced some Stranger Things. That, uh, and uh, Dead. He's he's doing. He did Free Guy. And he's doing Deadpool three coming out also. Mm. But uh, he was also a producer on um, Arrival, whatnot, stuff like that. So, I uh, I think he's a pretty talented guy. Unfortunately, this show is not doing very well. I think that. 
there's two camps that are against it. One is the people who kind Don't of like pro- Nazis. <laughs> well, people who yes, they they want better um, representation and, of Nazis. <laughs> I think they want better like wokeisms and how come all these German Nazis are white? <laughs> so the, uh, the 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 critics are against it because it doesn't have any relatable, you know, taboo kind of things that people want to see for today. You know, like in real history. And then also, are you telling me 1944 occupied France just didn't wasn't woke enough for everybody? Not according according to Battlefield, but um. So also they had um the people who are big fans of the book because this, uh, this kind of was a very watered-down version of the, the book uh, narrative, and people didn't like that either. So, huh. But me knowing absolutely nothing about this, I thought it was okay. So I watched it with my wife. Uh, my wife really did not like it by the, <laughs> by, by the, by the end. Then of why it. are you here? Put your wife on. <laughs> Let's hear her take. You guys want to talk about it. Uh, but this show's got Aria, Maria, Aria Mia Liberti, Hugh Laurie, uh, Mark Ruffalo, Lewis Hoffman, Lars I- Eidinger. Today, Junior? I'm trying to pronounce their <laughs> names. Shut up! You got your, man, look at those buttons. <laughs> and Marion Bailey. I don't know. Some, but we know who like Hugh Laurie and Mark Ruffalo is. So. Yeah, I, I did. I was able to discern between the Establish two. Establish them. I like uh, Hugh Laurie's a fantastic French accent in this show. It's wonderful. He didn't do it. I know. <laughs> but somebody like commented, just like, it was probably better that no one attempted to affect the accents because it just would have been stupid. Yeah, the French uh, accent, I think, is like, you know, infamously mm-hmm. avoided in Hollywood because it just comes off goofy. Well, yeah, because everybody's going, ha, 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 sacre You just sound like a bad guy from like a 60s cartoon. <laughs> So, all right, let's jump into what the show was about. We're probably just going to hit some spoilers. So, if you are interested in in a World War II, I guess you could say love story with a little bit of, you know, uh, hiding from the Nazis kind of uh, thing. Hiding from the Nazis. They were were occupied in the town with the Nazis. The Nazis knew where everybody was. Yeah, but they had a – no, they didn't. They they were looking for the radio broadcast. They they had to, like, do their little cat and mouse games and stuff like that. So, you know, there's there's, there's some – Kind of, I mean, yeah, you'd think they just would have swept the small city that they were in because let's be—it was a tiny town. Well, yeah, but anyway, all right. So uh, let's start with uh, the first episode. Um, things that you should know about these actors: the girl uh, who was played by two different actors. One, the little girl. Oh yeah, I was like, "What do you mean by two? But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the little girl uh, who is obviously blind in real life, you know, and. Uh, and the the actress Aria Mia Liberti, when the the older version of her, she's also like basically blind. She has like I saw a behind the scenes, and she's like this close to the monitor to like like almost eyeball touching the monitor to to see what's going on. So she she walks with a cane and a guide dog and stuff mm-hmm. like that in real life. She's also not an actress, so she's got like I can tell she's got like three. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like her acting chops? No. no. That, for a blind person, she like would look at people as they're talking to her. There was also a lot of looking at the camera. Was it? Yeah. I never noticed I've, that. I noticed it was like episode one. Like, it like, somebody would like turn to look, but their eyes would catch the camera, and they'd stare for just a second, and then they'd keep going. Like, huh? Yeah. But like, I get, all of them did it. Well, she's got a lot of accolades for, you know, basically having zero acting experience and being in this role, also being like a genuine blind person. Because Sean Levy, uh, like, screened thousands of people for this role. And uh, she auditioned because somebody pressured her to do it, and she didn't think she was going to get anywhere. And she's got, like, three PhDs in, like, philosophy and, you know, like Good for her. some, all, all, you know, all this <laughs> other stuff. And she was just like, yeah, I'll try something different. And she She got this. <laughs> Um, you know, um, so I, I thought she was talented. She's also from Rhode Island. <laughs> she does not have, like, I thought out of all the accents, hers was the most believable, <laughs> you know, and she's from Providence. Yeah. So <laughs> eating a grind. Yeah. Um, but, um, so essentially when the Nazis, in, um, invade Paris yeah. and then she starts out in Paris with her father played by Mark Ruffalo. Uh, he works at a museum. Museum has all sorts of jewels and gems yeah. and yeah, expensive he, stuff. He, and he's like the locksmith. 
I get, but I think, he has the keys to everything, and he like they just let him go around touching the. Well, they they call him the curator, so mm-hmm. I think he's like just got access. He's like the big big man on campus at the mm-hmm. museum. So he takes her and whisks away to I can't remember the name of this town. Do you remember the name of the town, Mitch? Uh, Saint Malo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is a coastal, you know, village. French, <laughs> yeah, French village near Normandy. Um, and you know. One of the jewels that he smuggles away is called the Sea of Flames. I keep calling it the Heart of the Sea. My wife's <laughs> like, it's not the same movie. <laughs> it's not Titanic. <laughs> it's the Sea of Flames. The Sea of Flames. Sea of Flames. Which Basically, is, it's a little like almost looks like like a bluish diamond with like a little bit of hint of red in the middle. Yeah, and um, the short of it is is like there's a curse or a yeah. If you have something. the diamond, you get like. You're immortal, right? But like horrible things happen all your loved ones yeah. while you have it. So, and the only way to break the curse is to throw it back into the ocean. Back into the ocean. Where I missed that lungs. So um, I missed that part. I was like, yeah, that's why I watched it <laughs> so we could have facts. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, good for you, Tom. Um. So she is blind, and the, the <laughs> man, you are one pathetic loser. All right, why? I'm gonna take that away from him. Uh. And, you know, it's implied that she's blind because of this gem or diamond or whatever. Um, so th- they're smuggling everything. And, they, they, you know, there's like a whole episode about how they get to this coastal town. And they uh, stay at her uncle's or, I guess, Mark Ruffalo's uncle. Right? Yeah. Well, it would be his brother. Well, he call- was- no, he calls him uncle. Oh, yeah. he does? Okay. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was just the girl's uncle. Okay. And um, Uncle Etienne. And the, and the whole, like, through line of this is, you know, there's a, a radio frequency in shortwave 1310, where a character called The Professor gets on there and speaks facts, you know. He's basically doing, like, a kid's program. He's like Professor Proton out here. <laughs> Professor Proton. <laughs> in the wacky world of science. Um, you know, but, like, uh, there's also a, a German orphan named Werner. Uh, who is got a, a you know an aptitude for radio engineering, and he creates his own goofy little radio to listen to the professor. He calls it his like one hour of a day where he can escape from you know yeah. being German, well <laughs> Nazi Germany. So yeah, and uh, so he and her the the little girl who they listen to it together, uh, you know across Europe, uh, and that's kind of like their connection point, mm-hmm. and. You can kind of tell, like, okay, they're going to meet each other over this, you know, about this radio frequency. Well, because, I mean, as a Nazi, it's his job to hunt down that frequency. Eventually, when he gets, like, drafted into it and stuff like that, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you don't know about all that until mm-hmm. right. the second or third episode. Right. So, uh, but you can kind of tell, like, okay, these two people who are connected by this radio frequency mm-hmm. are going to meet and fall in love kind of thing. And this yeah. kid also makes, like, a radio with, like, a stick wire and a battery. Good and, like, another thing, and he's just, like, holding it, like, going across the wires, like, gets the frequency, yeah. and he can sit there and just hold it in place and listen. It's like, how do you know to do that? <laughs> he's a witch. <laughs> he's a wizard. I guess if we didn't have video you're games a, You're TV. a wizard, but... <laughs> yeah. If we didn't have video games and TV... We'd... All right. All right. All right, man. Stop pressing all buttons. All right. you're, you're done for the rest of the episode. Oh, no, I have one. I'm going to put those, like, can't-hurt-yourself mittens on. <laughs> <laughs> The masturbation cross. <laughs> He's just strapped to the floor. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, they, uh, they, you know, these two star-crossed lovers who don't know of each other, uh, which are connected by the professor, which you find out ends, ends up being Hugh Laurie, uh, which is Mark Ruffalo's uncle or whatever. I like how like he tries to be secretive about it, but yeah. both t- when he meets both of them in separate instances, within the first three seconds, they realize who he is. Right, and also I thought which it was proves Batman wouldn't be able to. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, this all circles back to Batman. The blind girl can identify you, but uh, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I I was like, you know. Why do they not know that he? Because like the moment they meet him, they're like you know not talking about the radio stuff. And I was like, why do they not know that he's the professor? And my wife's like, he's the professor. And I was like, <laughs> I thought that was what like, show were you watching? I thought, <laughs> I thought it was like you know everybody like common knowledge. You know, I thought they just gave it out like that. I, I could have sworn there was a scene where he's actually talking on the radio at one point. It's, it's the same voice. I mean, I mean, yeah. he does have a very distinct voice. But um, yeah, so uh, then you know. The Nazi occupation starts to happen, and then the this pretty town uh, 
kind of devolves into more rubble and chaos and stuff like that. And then with the Americans blowing it up every day. One thing that this four episode uh, TV show struggles a lot with is the narrative jumping. I think it, it, did, it did go back and forth a lot. Yeah. And it was hard. I mean, you can flashback, but the they did it at points where it was so long. Right. You forgot what narrative you were in prior to the jump. Well, and had, then you jump back and you got to re- try to remember like, wait, what were we doing? Oh, We'll be right back. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes... It doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. And you had um like the easier flashback was when she was a girl. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you can identify that's a completely different age, you know. And mm-hmm. then, but like the flashback before Nazi occupation to right, I guess, the present time, which is right before the war ends, you know, that's really hard to identify with. And I wish that they had kind of done a little bit better to set the imagery. I don't know, maybe have like a different kind of camera. Or just technique. like, oh yeah, just like a different lens or something, just to give it like a glow, you know, something from the past. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, but uh, so that was that was hard to keep up with, and you know there was a couple times where we, me and my wife had to stop and ask each other like, wait, what, what, what's happening? What year is this? You know. So and um, but so when the when the war is going on, uh, Werner gets drafted by the Nazis. I thought that was you with your buttons again. No, and um, he uh, apart. <laughs> he goes says <laughs> like some elite. Nazi school about radios, <laughs> and it's got. No, like, it was like almost like an SS school. He was just good at using radio. I thought like like only yeah, he went to like the premier college of Nazism. Okay, well he he goes and he, he knocks it out of the park. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, they, they sit down to do like a test. They're like, all right, you have an hour to build a radio. And the guy's not even paying attention, and he just glances up, and he's like almost done. He's like, huh? <laughs> he like grabs the stopwatch, and he's just watching him. He's like. Uh-huh. And then he's like finished, and he's like fifty three seconds. 53 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> and like the uh, like the commandant guy who's just wandering around beating up kids, yelling. He's like, oh. <laughs> he's the chosen one. Mine got. <laughs> he's 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 doing it. He's the chosen one. Yeah, and uh, he's not seeing more than the others. They they do an interesting job of like adding kind of supporting characters that you think are going to be important because they set it up in a TV show where like, okay, this guy's going to be around for a minute and man, they kill him off really fast. (laughs) You know, like that little sidekick he gets. Oh, who's like outranks him and there's like, he was top of his class and after these, he goes, he's like, so why'd you lie about it? Yeah. And he's like, what? And he goes, I graduated that year. I don't remember you. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, uh, uh, pulls a gun. (laughs) It's just like, let me tell you what's going to (laughs) happen. Stop right there, Susan. I like how he's talking all that crap when he pulls the gun on Werner, and then Werner gives him the old, you know, rope of dope mm-hmm. and takes the gun. The guy's like, like, no, please, I was kidding. Like, he's like immediately just goes back to being like useless, and he's like, yeah. nine. <laughs> so meanwhile, there's this creepy. I guess he's got like syphilis or something. I don't know. This like this, it looks like he's got like a morphine addiction. Something. He's dying from something, but he's a Gestapo officer. No, he's, SS. Is he SS? So he... Uh, he has the uh, token was, cough on his hat. Okay. So he's hunting... Tom would know. Let's not, not let him get too deep into the weeds here, about <laughs> The pull out the mind cough book. <laughs> the SS death head. Like, uh, that's... Uh, yeah, uh, everybody knows about that. Everybody just knows. Jeez, watch the History Channel once in a while. <laughs> Go back in time and watch the History Channel, though, because uh, now it's just right, aliens. All right, we don't need to talk about Tom. stars. Tom's grandpappy's... <laughs> Time stories. <laughs> <laughs> so <it's> Nazi. <laughs> but uh, so he's like hunting uh, Mark Ruffalo because he's. They never explain that. How does he know about this stupid jewel? Because whatever. But well, anyway. he's a like he's a 
gemologist or geminologist for Geminologist. He's Gemini. a Gemini. He's a Gemini. <laughs> well, no, that's like that's what it's called because I read the wiki and I read the synopsis for the book. Uh-huh. But his whole, his job is to like find, you know, rate and curate precious stones. Right. Anyway, so there's this precious stone. <laughs> and it's an infinity stone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he wants it real bad because he thinks that it's going to keep him from dying. And he basically just, I don't know, wins over this prostitute that tells him whatever he wants. <laughs> And uh, for money, for money, <laughs> and uh, and then she even says like, "Oh, you know, you guys are going to lose the war." And he's like, "Yeah." And when the Americans get here, I'm going to be tarred and feathered, and, you know, exiled from my town. And he's like, uh, "You're going to tell me what I want to know?" And she's like, "Okay, <laughs> look, here's twenty bucks. Tell me what I want to know." <laughs> so uh, he, in the first episode, I think he actually confronts uh, the the girl um, Maria, right? What's her? What's her? Marie. Marie. He confronts her in this like. Um, cave or is that like under a dock or yeah like he f- catches her oh, in yeah. there like the seaside and then she caught or what happened like how does i don't know what she hits him with but she hits him in the head with a rock I but i don't remember rock. how she, he she got away from like oh she was faking being drowned right yeah Where, and he was like oh crap i killed my lead yeah and then she just like he like rolls her over she just goes boom out the ocean right. ko's him his lantern goes out and then it's just like oh who has the advantage now yeah. <laughs> and then he had a flashlight <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, because oh. that's where he like comes from the court, and she's just like leaned up against but something, but she she doesn't know he's right there. And he's just like looking at her, like she's like holding her mouth so she doesn't breathe. He's like looking at her, like, <laughs> I can see. like you literally went three feet <laughs> to the right, and it's just like, like you're not Batman. <laughs> They'll never expect me to be this close. <laughs> so dumb. Because like every time she was trying to hide, I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> she won't know if they see her. But, uh, yeah, so she escapes, you know, whatever. And uh, uh, He's an inept Nazi. Right. He's not he, good. Then he just kind of, like, gives up for two episodes, yeah. you know. And yeah, I, you don't really hear from him. I kind of forget about him. You follow Werner's journey a he little bit. He has to bit. go get his head fixed by the prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, get more information, which is, like, like honestly, mm-hmm. if you just if you watch his plot line, that's, like, 30 minutes of the yeah. four-hour show, and that's pretty much all you need to know. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, so you, you follow Werner, and you see how he gets to uh, the town, and, um, you know, he, he's basically here. He's listening to shortwave radio 310, right? 1310. 1310. And uh, he hears her speaking on it uh-huh. instead of the professor. So she's reading 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Which is actually a code for the, the French the resistance yeah. to yeah. the Americans. Yeah. So, and I, I do like how they portray the Americans as like this, you know, impending force that you never have a face to. The Americans. They're going to come. They're, 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 they're like going to save you all. Well, it's more like, like they're bombing tonight and, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a hurricane. Like they don't really have a face or, you know, a presence. It's just like this unnatural force. That's the there. Americans are going to be here. They're going to save the town when they get here. And she kind of knows that she's feeding codes, but she doesn't really ask that many questions. And I think that they kind of do that because they don't want you to really understand what's going on as the audience as you follow her journey. But, um, yeah, so she's she's doing that. And um, she links up with her uncle, great-uncle, Hugh Laurie. Uh, right, Etienne. That's an interesting name. Etienne. Sounds like a Star Wars name. <laughs> but uh, And he kind of gives her more information uh, about what she, chapter page to read in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which, by the way, she, that actress is getting a uh, an audiobook deal where she's going to read 20,000 Leagues oh Under the Sea. <laughs> Why does that bother you? I thought it was fun. Uh, I might listen to it. So. That's dumb. Okay, Vince. I'm sorry. But anyway. We're sorry this person's doing well now making yeah. money. <laughs> blind sorry guy. to trouble you with Mitch, that, Mitch. Mitch is like, why do the blinds have to be more <laughs> successful than me? <laughs> I do all this work. I get nothing. Uh, you two are holding me back. <laughs> yeah, it's us. It's us. Um, so, and then, you know, um, when the, the Nazis kind of come to their to the end of the rope in that town, the, the Americans are finally having that. They're, they can tell because it's no longer bombing. It's artillery. Mm. And Werner um, uh, kind of shakes off his last tail of, like, a, a the Nazis that are trying to get him to uh, pinpoint where she's at because they know that she's yeah. feeding codes. Or they'll yeah. kill his sister. Right. And they have this, like, goofy-looking 
radar device and it, it mounted kind of, to a jeep. Yeah, and it kind of pinpoints in a direction mm-hmm. where to go, and he and he's taking him there. Um, but you know, uh, Hugh Laurie shows up, and <laughs> and he does like the smart thing. Werner does the smart thing instead of like putting his hands up. He just shoots the guy. He just shoots a CO in the face. Right? <laughs> and so I mean, like if if you were the resistance and you saw a German soldier shoot like the well, he doesn't like, see him because he's inside the house. But he walks out and he sees him holding the gun, and like after he shoots the guy in the head. Well, because Hugh Laurie like pulls up on the motorcycle, sees the two with them. The CO gets shot from inside the house yeah. by him, and then Hugh Laurie machine guns yeah. the other guy, and then you, you see, like, the gun get thrown out, and he's just like, okay. He's like, <laughs> I mean, that's a smart way to do it. So he's, you know, and then eventually, at first he's like, I hate your guts. But, you know, then the resistance, who gets a little bloodlusty, I guess, mm-hmm. they want to execute him, and Hugh Laurie defends him. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, the Americans bomb the hell out of the building anyways, <laughs> and they all die except for Werner. And Hugh Laurie's like, go to her. Well, that Hugh Laurie's <laughs> character, like, he had a lot more to it. Like, he, he was one of those guys that's, like, struggling from his PTSD from World War I. One. Yeah. yeah. So the Marie helps him get out of the house before, yeah. like, in the flashback before all the German yeah. occupation starts mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah, every character's got a pretty well fleshed out kind of backstory. I thought his was the most interesting for the, sh- mm-hmm. for the show. Yeah, uh, I, I liked his the most. I liked his arc and where, he, uh, where his character ends. And, um, you know... Uh, and it's basically like his blessing of because he he wants to meet her because he's, inf- he's infatuated with her on the radio. Yeah. So, uh, evil Nazi, you know, syphilitic guy finally figures out where she's at and he confronts her and very she, slowly yeah, walking. I guess he's dying at this point. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but so Not he, yet. Yeah. Well. <laughs> He gets to the top of the stairs, and she barricades the stairs, and he has a grenade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to blow it up. I just want to say, for her to be blind, and I understand deaf people have a better sense of hearing. Yeah. But they don't have daredevil-level hearing, <laughs> where yeah. she's shooting through the wall and about to hit him if he didn't Like, move. he had to duck. <laughs> well, they could have done a better job of show because she explains, my uncle ETN showed me how to shoot a gun, like... That was kind of like a passing line. They could have showed him teaching her to do that. But with everything going on, you know, bombing in the distance and stuff, mm-hmm. she's able to, like, pinpoint through a wall where this guy's at and shoot. Mm-hmm. Well, it, I don't think she ever hits him, except for that one time. Well, except for the one time. Yeah, but she she would have if he had not moved. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyways, so he does this elaborate grenade stringed thing, and he blows up the barricade, and she's super deaf. Um, but for some reason, he's not. He's fine. And uh, he he goes in there, and they start a scuffle. Well, uh, no, no. Uh, oh no, she that's starts right. going, and that's when uh, Werner Werner finally gets there from getting blown up like eight yeah, times on the way. <laughs> that dude's had a rough couple years. So, uh, but yeah, he gets up there, and a little more shooting out happens. And she's like calling, giving call out. Like I, I wish that I could hear footsteps in Call of Duty like she yeah, can. Right? <laughs> It's like, he's on the fifth step. <laughs> I can't even count that many steps. <laughs> it's like, how? It's like, I know the sound of each one. It's like, no, you don't. Well, you know, as she's yelling out, he can hear her as well. So he should, she, the, the, the Nazi should know that the other guy's waiting. He's putting one foot down and taking off. <laughs> or, you know, he could possibly just run down the steps real quick. <laughs> he's on the fifth step. He's on the twelfth step. He's on the door. Hang him. <laughs> He's moving too fast. He's slide canceling. <laughs> <laughs> just falling down the stairs. <laughs> ah! <laughs> yeah, he just just down slinks down. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so a scuffle ensues, and then you find out that there's this like mock village that Mark Ruffalo, her dad, builds of every town that they live in, so she can kind of feel with her hands how the town is laid out and learn where to go, so she can kind of operate on her own. Yeah. Well, inside one of those buildings in the mock town is the heart of the sea. Which I see if I see if Which I I figured it was there. Yeah, well, we all knew it was there. Because like, I'm like, it's part of the title card, and I'm yeah. like, you tell, I was like, he hit it. It's like it's hidden in one of the stupid little houses. Yeah, he's like holding a building and like looking at it all like, this is important audience. Look at how I'm looking at this. <laughs> you know, and you're like, it's in there. Yeah. Just put, put it down real quick. Does <laughs> not worry about that. But uh, the scuffle ensues. The mock village gets thrown all over the floor. She shoots him in the head, kills him. It was a really weird shot, too, because, like, he... Because at first I thought she missed, <laughs> I and was I was like... like <laughs> and she was, like, all confident about it. I was like, 
you know you miss him, right? <laughs> like, that's what I thought. Yeah. That's what I thought. I was like, and uh. then he's like, he's even looking like, wow. <laughs> and then also the blood, like, like his. What you do? Skim his head? I mean, uh, I, I don't think it would have killed him. It would have probably rode the top of his skull and yeah. not. Because I, mean, I didn't even see a hole or like a scratch or anything. Just blood start coming out of his hair. He's got a very prominent receding hairline, <laughs> and it started coming from the top of his hairline down. So maybe she was like. Man, like, <laughs> shot it down on him. Right? <laughs> threw it down on him. So, <laughs> she went, ha, 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 And then he dies, like, looking, falling down, looking at the jewel. I mean, he should have just grabbed it and been like, unlimited power! But no, he just died. So, <laughs> And then the dumbest part of the movie, my wife was like, ugh. She was like, you know, this is stupid. It was when they, Werner and Marie meet each other for the first time, and they just fall in love and start kissing. <laughs> and she was like, okay, this show's dumb. And then, you know, she was also really stu- mad at the part where uh, she picks up the, the rock and throws it into the ocean. Yeah. And she was like, of course. Of course yeah. you're going to do that. Not sell it. And I was waiting for the Celine Dion song. Never <laughs> what would have been funny is if she had walked to the ocean and, <laughs> and, and threw it back at the bank. <laughs> <laughs> she was facing the wrong way. She pegs the wall. <laughs> she hits the seagull. <laughs> She's like, finally, my journey is over. <laughs> and she trips. <laughs> yeah. And then Werner, his ending is like, the Americans are here. She's like, you should surrender yourself. Yeah. He's like, okay. I was wondering, like, why won't just take off your Nazi crap? And <laughs> I mean, he wasn't wearing it. Like, they, he, But he walks out. He's like, super Aryan guy. Get over here. I what mean, like, <laughs> hey, obnoxiously white, blonde, blue-eyed man. Your chiseled jawline. Get over here. German. Yeah. German. <laughs> I wonder if there's, like, one company that just makes all the uniforms for, like, TV and movies for the Germans still. I don't know. I'm sure. Like, there's, like whoever cornered that market, it's just like, like, like what are you going to do? It's like, I'm going to start a clothing line of all the old Nazi uniforms for movies. Like, why? I, I got a hunch <laughs> that these guys are going to be the most popular bad guys <laughs> in everything. Like, even, like, if there's a time travel episode in anything, they end up in Nazi Germany somehow. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really make a terrorist uniform. So, Nazis is as close as you can get to a uniform. Anybody can make a terrorist uniform. Yeah, but nobody's. You You, you just be wearing whatever you wear. Yeah, you don't know it's a terrorist uniform. Just, you know, grab your bed sheet and roll it around you. There you go. Well, no, you look like a KKK guy. Toga. Toga. But, uh, anyway. Uh, so that's basically the end of the movie. She watches him get arrested by the American, by the cops. Well, she doesn't watch. <laughs> she listens. That's, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and she's just like, she's just like, goodbye. And then that's it. She, you know, she goes and throws a rock. And, and there's no like epilogue. Like, you know, he got out of the yeah. POW camp and like they reunited. They Nuremberg him. Yeah. <laughs> they blamed him for everything. She told him, or he told her like, he was I, a patsy. Later on, come find him. And she's like, I will. Well, uh, the yeah. synopsis of the book, Etienne lives. He gets captured and like put in like a POW camp. Really? Yeah. And then Werner dies. Really? Like, he gets captured by the Americans, gets really sick, goes like insane, busts out, and just steps on a landmine and explodes. Jeez. Well, that's a more depressing ending. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of people who read the book that didn't like how this just ended. Mm-hmm. And then... I think from a narrative standpoint of having no idea what this was before I watched it, I do feel like that, like, because it was pretty substantial plot beats. I don't really feel like we were just watching nothing at certain points. It was, there was story progressing, uh-huh. but I feel like it slapped, ended, you know? And yeah. I feel like it could have probably done with one more episode. And at that point, it would have been a five part. You might as well just make it a TV, uh, like a one off season. Um, and then they could have kind of fleshed out some more characters and stuff like that. Uh, also, Werner's like last fifteen minutes in the movie, where he's having a redemption crisis. You know, I've done bad things. Well, we've not seen him do anything bad. And well, they do show like one flashback where like he's standing there. Yeah, that's while he's having his redemption crisis. Oh, okay. it's too late at that point. Oh. You got to show him do something bad up front. And so far, all we've seen him do is cover for the. Girl making the radio broadcasts and he, killing his co his yeah, coworkers. Two, two or three yeah. Nazis. He was like basically a good guy the entire time, and then you know he's he's like I've done bad things. I'm like, have you? Yeah. So yeah, he's a Nazi. He's bad in. things to Germans, right? He's a Nazi. He's lumped in. Well, anyway, so Guilt by association. His, his redemption arc was pretty weak. So that was yeah, you know, it wasn't. 
It was a just, five out of ten series. I, I was gonna give it a six out of ten. Um, I don't think it was. Boring. Okay. <laughs> you happy? I am now. Okay. What, what, what did that apply to, Mitch? Let me let me walk me through your. The show was boring. Okay. It was so very boring. What did you rate it? Uh, maybe a four. Okay. So four, five, and six. I thought a six out of ten was applicable, but people are giving it like twos and threes. So. Yeah, right here on Airtightness, where we're, we give honest <laughs> ratings. <laughs> Very honest. Very honest. Brutally honest. Yeah. So, all right. Well, there you go. That's a, that's a show we all watched. If you're into, I don't know, I guess you call it. If you're into jewels, France, Nazis. I guess you call it historical fiction. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you should watch the show. Yeah. Should you? It's four four episodes. It's it's worth a one watch, you know. It's, it's it? really pretty. Like is it though the the sh- the cinematography, the landscapes, you know, of France. I thought was really pretty. Um, and some of the war to- like, you know, um, portraits of like the action scenes and the long shots where he's running across a bridge and planes are shooting, mm-hmm. bombing in the background. I thought that was really cool looking. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. How Hayden ends every single. You said it wasn't trivia. We'll be right back. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. I lie. I have have two things. I can do the one fun thing that we can do, or I can do trivia. I don't care. Well, you said fun thing. Oh, yeah. Trivia. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. So this trivia is another episode. Man, my printer printed on both sides of the paper, so I have to find a way where I can't hold up. Why don't you use the back sheet so we can't see it? So this is movies sort of explained badly. Trivia. That's a retread. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, you, but the 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 theme is a uh, holiday movie is not about Christmas, so they just kind of take place. I'm gonna give you a brief. Die Hard, Die Hard, okay. Die Hard, Die Hard, and the first Lethal Weapon movie are on this list. I'm gonna give you a brief. I need a pen. I'm gonna give. You, I got a pen. I'm gonna brief you. Give you a brief little crappy synopsis. You know, first person to buzz in. All right. Yep. And there is 23 questions. No bonus. Number one. This sequel. Is about two orphan gothic influencers who fight each other and have huge parent issues. What? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Good. Batman Returns. You got it, Mitch. Nah. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. With I, I was thinking it too, and I was like, "It's like it can't be Batman." <laughs> I was like, "There's no way Batman Returns." That's the only thing I can think of. It works. You got it. All right, number two. Rich people betting on elaborate corporate schemes for a dollar. Trading places? You got it. Got it, oh. Tom. Good job. That's the one with uh, Dan Aykroyd? Yeah. yeah Dan and, um, Eddie yeah. Murphy? Yeah. All right, number three. Weird sex cult stuff. <laughs> Eyes wide shut? Yes, Tom. Uh, <laughs> that's all I was about to say. I was like, that's the only weird sex cult <laughs> movie I, I ever know. Yeah, that's the only one I was like, that's the only thing I could think of. That's all I had to say. Uh, number four, the one movie about a bunch of sisters who cry a lot has been remade a ton. Go ahead, Mitch. I don't know. I was just trying to get ahead of him. All right. The one movie about a bunch of sisters who cry a lot has been remade a ton, and they're actually average height. <laughs> Every girl's like, oh, okay, I know this one. <laughs> Actually, average height. Yeah. It's a pun. So it's little it's, something. It's a play. <laughs> you just gave it to him. I, it, little woman. Yes. Little I, women. Little. Uh, oh, okay. I was like, I'm like, is it the stupid? I, I don't know. I, didn't, <laughs> I, was, I, could, I knew there was a like little something, but I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Once you said that he gave it to me, I was like, it's a little woman. Yeah. <laughs> I just like that. They're actually average height. Uh, all right. This movie had an Oscar-winning song performed by who John Travolta called Adele Dazim. Who John Travolta called? Yeah. And now presenting Adele Dazim. <laughs> remember that for the Oscars when he butchered her name because he couldn't remember what it was? Pulp Fiction? No. Remember, this is holiday movies, not about Christmas. With John Travolta? No. Oh. He presented a character from this movie, performing a song from that movie, and butchered her name. What was her name again? He calls her Adele Z. Because <laughs> he couldn't remember her name in front of a live audience. And he just mumbled? Yeah. What's her real name? Uh, greatest Showman? No. Adina oh. Mazzell. I don't know. Yes, you do. Is this a recent film? 2012, I want to say. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. I guess we'll just let it go. Move on. Frozen. <laughs> you buzzed in, Mitch. Go ahead. Frozen. Yes, Mitch. <laughs> My buzzer was defective. I clicked. It didn't. It didn't ignite. When All you right. said I'll let it go, I was like, oh yeah, that person. <laughs> All right, number six. It's not a Christmas movie. Die Hard. Yes, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I knew if I said it, it's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> you both are <would> like, <laughs> just take a shot. Why not? All right, number seven. If you think real hard to the one time you watched this third in a trilogy of superhero movies, you'll remember that it was directed by Shane Black, who likes everything to take place during Christmas. Third. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lethal Weapon. No. Three. Super. Hero. <laughs> and this is a the third. Mm-hmm. You think long, you think wrong. Think about a trilogy, the third movie in a trilogy that happens to take place during Christmas. Superhero movie. How many superheroes have, just start yelling out superheroes that have three movies. Captain America. No. Superman. No. Thor. No. Spider-Man. No. Guardians of the Galaxy. No. This is a Marvel oh, DC. Oh, Iron Man. Three. Yes, you got to admit. There you go. He <laughs> directed like, the third one? I don't know. Yeah, he did. I don't know. I just know Iron Man 3 takes place in snow, so it's around Christmas. <laughs> yep. Uh, remember the Christmas party where he runs? Uh, oh, yeah. I was about to say, it could have been in February. Yeah. <laughs> I do so. remember that, yeah. Uh, that is four to Mitch, and Tom has three. All right, number eight. Smooch, smooch, knock, knock. Say the first part again. Smooch, smooch, knock, knock. <laughs> kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Yeah. Oh, what is that? I've never heard of that movie. <laughs> I've heard of the movie. I've never seen it. Oh, <laughs> I've never seen it either. Because he's like, I was like, I was like. <laughs> and I was like, it's got to be a play on words. Uh, I was. I, I was like, I don't because I started reading the description. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I'm just going to do speech. speech now. They're synonyms. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the greatest Coke deals occur surrounded by Christmas trees. <laughs> yes, Tom. Lethal weapon. Yes, Tom. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> Love the part where you like combat rolls through the Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While, While shooting. shooting guys. While shooting. <laughs> All right, number 10. Uh, Vincent Price's last live-action role. Who's Vincent Price? Oh, man. Is it the Haunted House on Haunted Hill? Nope, it's got Christmas in it. I don't know who Vincent Price is. A Christmas That's Carol? A problem for you. Nope, it's not a, a movie cr- about Christmas, <laughs> but it has Christmas mm-hmm. in it. I don't know. I'll give you a hint. It was directed by Tim Burton. The Nightmare Before Christmas? No. <laughs> it's a live action role. <laughs> Edward Scissorhands. Yes, Tom. Oh. Okay. All right. Mitch has four. Tom has six. Uh, all right. Here we go. Better than the sequel, which is a daydream after Arbor Day. Groundhog Day. Yes, Mitch. <laughs> I like that you get my <laughs> stupid humor. <laughs> 
Hey, look how pleased he is with himself. <laughs> oh, wait, no. I lied. That's not the answer. Oh. That's you already gave me the point. It's too late. It's <laughs> not the answer. Started on the paper. Darn it. I'm going to give Tom a point. We're going to wash it. What? He didn't even say anything. But uh, So let's let's try this again. Could you reread the question? Better than a sequel, which is Daydream After Arbor Day. What would the prequel to Daydream After Arbor Day be? Read it one more time. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, Mitch. There you go. Oh. <laughs> right. Confusing me with this <laughs> dumb. How, how did you say yes to Groundhog Day? Because uh, it was on my list, but it wasn't Christmas related. Oh, so okay. It's the next no. question. Yeah. No, it's not. All right, this next one. That one good share movie. There's a share movie? <laughs> Mask? No. No. <laughs> Is that her? Oh. I don't know if any movie Cher's been in. It also has uh, Nicolas Cage in it. <laughs> uh. Snake Eyes? No. You're just yelling Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I am, yes. Uh, I can't remember the name of the movie. Face Off? No. It's a, it, as opposed to... <laughs> National Treasure? <laughs> Weatherman? The sequel could be called Sun Slap. Sunset? No. Sun Hit? No. You're just... Sun smack? You're, you're too on <laughs> on the nose with it. But that's how you've been. <laughs> Going once. Family Man? Going twice. I don't know. Moonstruck. Oh. oh. Never heard of it. <laughs> All right, 13. Huey Lewis in the news. Back to the future? No. Oh. Chris? American Psycho. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't even... I had three more gives than that, but you got it. Two movies I know about where Huey Lewis in the news is mentioned. The rest is uh, bone-colored business cards and killing prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number 14, Rolo Tomasi. <laughs> L.A. Confidential. All right, all right. Wrong spacey movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, number 15. This Joe Dante film was Chris Columbus's second script produced about World War II fighter pilot Superstition. Dunkirk. That's uh. Look, I'm just trying to guess World War II. (laughs) Memphis Bell. It's about World War II fighter pilots' superstitions. I'm just trying to guess World War II stuff. I don't know World War II (laughs) superstitions. It's not about World War II, but the superstitions that originated in World War II are in this movie. Fighter pilot superstitions. Snoopy and the Red Baron. (laughs) No. You got to give me a little more context. Well, it's a Joe Dante-directed film written by Christopher Columbus. <laughs> All right, I'll give you one more hint. It helped coined the rating PG-13. Gremlins. Yes, Mitch. <laughs> I didn't realize the, the gremlin he was what he was talking about, like yeah. pilot stuff. <laughs> right. Open your minds. All right. Number 16. Right better. <laughs> a film about a little mouse stuck in a bucket. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Stuart Little. No. Mousetrap. No. Oh. Would you like me to finish? Mouse hunt. Fine. All right. A film about a little mouse stuck in a bucket of cream who struggles. Uh, catch me if you can. Yes, Mitch. <laughs> Two mice wearing a bucket of, of milk. <laughs> they churned, they churned, they churned it into butter. <laughs> All right. Number 17. A film about a little mouse stuck in a bottle as he immigrates to America. <laughs> a mouse in he immigrates to America. Is it an actual mouse or is it like some sort of symbolism? <laughs> Castaway? Somewhere. Oh, uh, The Wizard of Oz? <laughs> Somewhere over the rainbow is The Wizard of Oz. Out there. Beyond the meaning. I don't know. Someone's thinking of me. I don't know. Little Mermaid. No. I have no idea. It's about a, a Russian immigrant mouse. And he comes to New York in like 1920s. You know, he gets separated from his family because of a terrible storm on a ship and he falls into a bottle. Wakes up on... Gulliver's Travels? Gulliver's Travels. Have you guys never seen American Tale? 
Oh. Obviously not. No. What is wrong with your child? <clears throat> Maybe once. No points of war. We were watching Star Wars and wrestling. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to turn the paper over and over to do the scores. All right. Number 18. Underage kids left unsupervised live together in a world filled with killer monsters and evil forces that want to kill the one of them simply because he lived. Harry Potter? Yes, Tom. Oh. <laughs> The right. boy who lived. It is currently 10 to 8, and we're on question 19 of 23. No, it isn't. It's 6.33. Okay. <laughs> a shower curtain ring salesman is struck is stuck with a pessimistic egomaniac as they use varying methods of travel from New York to Chicago. Plain strange on Yes, Mitch. Good job. You like how I flipped it to make John, <laughs> John Candy the good guy? <laughs> All right. Uh... And number 20, a high school butterface gets sexy after graduation. Uh, I know. Waiting? No. no. Just friends. Yep. Damn it. <laughs> wow, bitch. I that's, even, that's one of my favorite movies. I didn't I even read the rest of it. I, I was trying to like make I knew it exactly sound. which movie you were talking about. Oh, like, Ryan Reynolds. Fat Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I was Andy trying to. smart. I swear. I was trying to make it sound like I was talking about a girl the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy Anna Ferris. <laughs> that's, that's, that's impressive. <laughs> All right, 10 to 10. Question are we on? Uh, number 21. Angry senior citizens complaining about everything. <laughs> Grumpy old man? Yes, Tom. If he didn't get it, that's what I was going to guess next. It's yeah. <laughs> a great movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> They're always so, it's so cold. <laughs> I see, they're in Minnesota. <laughs> I know, but every, like, I was watching clips of this movie to try and remember what happened. They're just, like, freezing. I'm like, go inside. You're, <laughs> you're old. It, it right. was, like, falling off the roof. Number 22 out of 23 with Tom 11 to Mitch's 10. There is actually no reindeer in this movie. I don't know. I just wanted to beat him. Reindeer games? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to beat him to the buzzer. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. All right. Uh, Tom has already won, but for the last one, for fun. For, two, th- for 300 points. For three billion <laughs> points. Uh, two private investigators bumble their way through a murders of 1970s L.A. characters with names like Blueface, Misty Mountains, and Sid Shetty. Dick Tracy. No. No. Mm-hmm. And Sid Shetty. I'd take a guess. <laughs> 70s. This was also directed by Sean Levy. That helps. You guys should start studying directors. No, I don't know. I don't know. The Nice Guys. Oh. No. All right. Well, I I got another thing we can do to kill 10 minutes if you want. Okay. All right, so this article presented to us by, which who doesn't know that we're doing this and we're not affiliated with them, Pop Sugar. (laughs) 28 actors who were almost cast in iconic movie and TV roles. Hang on. I want to announce Mitch's punishment. Oh, okay. Go for it. You actually have one ready? Yeah. Oh, wow. Surf Nazis must die. Well, he just Googled Nazis. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Uh, someone had told me. I have another one as well. But uh, in case you can't find that. Surf Nazis. What were we doing? All right. So this is an article about 28 actors who were almost cast in iconic movie and TV roles. So, uh, who you've all seen the Notebook, right? The the the, the, the girl. I have not seen the movie. Well, you need to date a girl for longer than ten weeks. All right. So, in the Notebook, you never seen the Notebook. The girl. I mean, even if you don't have a girlfriend, you should at least see it one time. Yeah, come on, bro. I don't want to. I don't want to look at Ryan Gosling. Right, what's her face crying in the rain? This is speaking of what's her face. This is for Mitch since he saw the movie. Who was almost cast in the character uh, Allie? No Reese Witherspoon. No, you would think it would be somebody smart like that, but it was actually Britney Spears was this close to being cast really? in it. Really? Well, yeah. That would have been horrible. Uh, that would have really ruined that. That movie would not be <laughs> memorable. That we would have been bad. Bad. <laughs> bad. All right, what about Edward in Twilight? Mm. I don't know. Who's in the, Daniel Radcliffe. No. <laughs> Some other British guy. Uh, uh, Josh Peck. Who's that? Uh, from Drake and Josh. Yeah, this guy. Oh. From uh, yeah, from <laughs> I mean, from like all that from the Amanda show. Uh, do you know who was almost cast as Bella in Twilight? I do not. This one makes kind of sense. Somebody depressing and dopey. No, oh. Aubrey Plaza. Definitely a lot less depressing and dopey. Jennifer Lawrence. Mm. Yeah, she <laughs> she got her own series. Yeah, she she, she landed all right. 
Um, I don't know who this person is, but this person, Zoe Dutch, was almost cast as Katniss in Hunger Games. That's probably why you don't know who she is, because she wasn't casted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> almost uh, was. Marty McFly in Back to the Future, anybody? anybody? Fred Savage. No. Uh-huh. Fred Savage. This was like 1985. Uh-huh. So, Eric uh, Stoltz. Tony Danza. Eric Stoltz. Come on. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the other guy that yeah, yeah. got recasted. Uh uh, Karen and Mean Girls. Which one's Karen? The blonde girl. Oh. Anna I mean, Ferris. I mean, Amanda Siegfried plays her, right? Or right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And uh, it was almost Blake Lively. Ryan Reynolds' wife. Was, was, well, that wouldn't have been bad. Yeah. Um. So, have you guys ever seen Higher Learning? I don't think so. No. Uh, Tupac Shakur was almost cast in that movie. Um, so you got... Shot in Las Vegas. by Omar Epps. Hmm. So, uh, who would you guess to recast uh, Patrick Bateman in American Psycho? I don't know. Nicholas Cage. Leonardo DiCaprio. This close. Hmm. <laughs> so, uh, this person was almost cast as Daenerys in Game of Thrones. Pronounce her name, Tom. Tamsin Merchant. Hey, the letters confuse me. <laughs> I don't know what this means. <laughs> I just didn't want to butcher another name. Uh, the Eggsy character from The Kingsman mm-hmm. uh, was almost cast by John Boyega, Finn from the new Star Wars trilogy. That'd have been horrible, dude. <laughs> dude I'll be it honest, wasn't I even a good it. movie to begin I'll, with. I'll be honest. <laughs> I think he's a horrible actor. He is now. Yeah, he is not good. Wow. I did I. Well, if he's listening, I'm sorry. Come, I don't care. Come talk to us. <laughs> like the cutaway, he's just sitting there like in his car. He's like, oh. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> like come on our podcast. We can talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let Mitch give you pointers on how to be a better actor because he knows. He's yeah. just boring. <laughs> boring uh, and unbelievable. None of us have ever saw Dreamgirls, so we don't really care. Do you know who was almost cast as Michael Scott in The Office? I did know that at one point. Bob Odenkirk. Bob yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been a Better weird Yeah, that would have been different. Yeah. yeah. That would have been a strange one. <coughs> I probably would have been more cringy and creepy. This one's for Mitch. Uh, Tara Thornton on True Blood. All right. I've right. seen a little bit of that. I thought you loved that show. Uh, I mean, I've seen, like, the first or maybe it's the second season total. Well, this person, Brooke Kerr. Was almost cast as should have been better. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They screwed up. It should have been her. Uh, do you, you like you, you? You've seen Frasier, right? Bits. Oh, that, that's a that's a you thing. Is it with okay. your big forehead? Well, Roz was almost casted by Lisa Kudrow, so mm, that would have been different. Yeah. Um, she was busy though. Cedric, the entertainer, was almost cast as Ralph Abernathy and Selma. I saw that movie once in middle school. Uh, Wesley Snipes was almost cast as Lucius Lyons in Empire. Uh, okay, here's a good one. Uh, Noah Calhoun was uh, played by Ryan Gosling. So, or no, Paul Newman was the old version of Ryan Gosling's character in The Notebook. Yeah, but instead of casting him, they almost casted George Clooney, <laughs> which would have been really wild. So a big him. age discrepancy between yeah. the characters. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> so uh, uh, that's a movie we've never seen. That's a movie we've never seen. Okay. Uh, Lil- Lillian Donovan in Bridesmaids, the one who was getting married, was almost played by Mindy Killing. Mm. I, I like uh, Ryan Mudolph. I thought she was perfect for it. So, And finally, Neo in The Matrix. We should all know this one. Who was almost casted? Is it Nicholas Cage? No. We've talked about this in the podcast. Come on, guys. Pay Look, attention. We've talked about a lot of stuff on the podcast. Yeah. <sighs> Will Smith. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. And you know what else is funny? Who was, crap al- movie. Who was almost casted as uh, Will Smith's character <laughs> in uh, Men in Black? Keanu Reeves. You'll never guess this one. Kevin Hart. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was huh. uh, David Schwimmer. Wow, really? Yeah. Ross from Friends. Oh, that would have been horrible. <laughs> Pivot. <laughs> Just yelling Friends lines the entire time. So That's all he's good for. There you go. There's a 10-minute killer right there. So 
We made it. We made Let it. him drag out more time. We made it to an hour, everybody. <laughs> Good job, Tom. Thank you. We made it. If we could get Tom start, you know, talking about Call of Duty, that would have been another 30 minutes. We don't have that kind God, of thing. Did you say Call of Duty? Huh? <laughs> Calm down, Tom. Calm down. Put we have a whole other episode to it. <laughs> so. Frames per second intensify. All right, well, there you go. That was fun. It was great because uh, I didn't get punished, which is always a good thing. So <clears throat> that's it for this one episode. I, we, we have uh, two more to go? Yep. All right, well, tune in for whenever they come out. Goodbye from Mitch. Bye. Goodbye from time. Bye, time. And goodbye from me. Hey, goodbye. <laughs>